Good morning, everyone. My name is Hannah Levis. I am super excited today because we have a phenomenal powerhouse woman with us today. I am so happy to introduce Sue Herrera. She is an award-winning journalist and one of the founders of CNBC, the world's leading business news network. Sue has traveled the world covering pressing global stories of the day. She has over 35 years of journalism with CNBC and just recently stepped back from her role in terms of full-time of CNBC, and she is now an anchor at large. So welcome, Sue. I'm so excited that you're here today with me. Let's talk. I am thrilled. It is so great to be with you as well, Hannah. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, thank you for making the time. It truly is an honor. So what I want to talk to you about today is, you know, you left uh, as a full-time journalist, correct? In 2021, what made you decide to do that? I had been a a founding member of CNBC. I had uh, done basically almost every story under the sun, both business as well as breaking news. And um, I had done documentaries. And at this point, my daughters, my twin daughters were getting ready to go to college. And my son was about to become a senior in high school. And I just felt that the news business was changing dramatically. I wasn't sure that I wanted to cover politics again because that was pretty grueling the last time around. And I felt like I needed a little time to to devote more time to my kids, to their college journey, and to really think about what I wanted to do next. It was a very hard decision. Um, I love CNBC. I still go into CNBC. I'm still part of the CNBC family, but it gave me room to breathe. Um, It was a pretty grueling schedule. I was doing a newscast every hour on the half hour, including writing and editing part of it. I was also doing all the breaking news. And we got to the point where they... You know, the management hired Shepard Smith, so he took over some of the breaking news, and he has a show in the evening on the network. And I thought, you know what, maybe this is a good pivot point for me. Mm-hmm. But it was scary. It was it was a very hard decision. My my husband was like, "You're what? <laughs> what do you mean?" I said, "I you know, I think I'm done." He goes, "The kids are going to college. You can't be done." <laughs> and I said, "No, you know it." I, I think there's other things out there that I should be doing. And he's been nothing but supportive for our 36 years of marriage. And, um, you know, he said, okay. And it's kind of the best of both worlds because I can, I'm part of CNBC and I can go back in and I do go back in and I do stories, but I have the space to look at other things. And one of the things I want to do is, is help promote women in business and I have the time to do it. I really didn't have any breathing room when I was on that schedule. So you've taken this incredible step. You stepped out in faith. You know, I always say faith over fear, not really knowing what to expect, but you did it. So you're like this brave rock star. Who no, just- I don't know. <laughs> 
taking steps into the unknown. And now you're like, like you said, you could breathe. So now, you know, it's, it's, you're starting this whole new journey. And I, I love that. That's one of my favorite things about life is that nothing has to stay the same. And we honestly right. choose what we want to choose. So what is one thing right now that you absolutely love about life that you're just enjoying? I'm enjoying the opportunity to not be on deadline and to be able to open up to whatever comes my way. It's it's an amazing type of freedom that I've honestly never had. Um, you know, the broadcast business is very demanding. Um, it's a lot like medicine. It's a jealous yeah. mistress. It lets nothing else into its life. You know, you're you're basically on call all the time because CNBC does breaking news as well as regular news. And so, you know, your phone is is by the bedstand. And when it starts vibrating in the middle of the night, you're, you know, that only happens and it's never good when it happens. Um, and so you never kind of completely relax. And I am very much enjoying some breathing space. That's what I love about life right now. What I don't love is I don't get my hair blown out every day and somebody else, I can't put my own eyelashes on. That's, you know, I mean, it's, it sounds funny, but when you, what you get into this routine, right? You, yeah. I, had to, I had to be in the studio at between eight eight thirty and nine a.m., I had to be out of the makeup chair by nine twenty-two to be in the anchor chair by nine thirty-two. Um, you know that kind of scheduling, and you had to, you know it's a visual medium, so your hair had to be done, your makeup had to be done. You know, God forbid you're having a bad hair day. There, you can tell because the makeup people are standing offset, going. No, I just don't know. <laughs> maybe if we poof it up here, I don't, maybe, I don't know. What are we going to do? Which undermines your confidence because then you're sitting there going, do I have like a hairball or something? What is going on? Um, you know, I, it, it's a two-edged sword. You're used to seeing yourself looking one way, professional, mm -hmm. on camera, news person. That's it. That's your persona. But that's really not, that's not who you are deep down. And I think the camera, the camera knows that, but um, I'm enjoying the freedom to just not have that kind of rigidity in my life. I was watching your um, 30 year celebration, <laughs> I a little clip. And I'm laughing because you said there are only five haircuts. And there are actually only five haircuts in the entire world. That's it. <laughs> you, have you had them all? So I've, I have. And you're right. There is so much more to you. There is so much more to us as women besides what the camera sees. And Absolutely. I love the description of what you're saying in terms of you having that freedom, that, that breath of fresh air. You know, you're you're saying, hey, I'm a person. I'm not just this person that you see behind the scene. You know, behind the scenes, I, I live differently. You know, um, I love that. We need more of that. We need more authenticity, more transparency, 100%. And there are only five haircuts. <laughs> yes, there are only five haircuts. 
long, short wedge of layers and um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the the little turn under. That's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what was your most favorite part of being in, you know, the camera on a day to day basis? Was there something that just lit you up every morning um, going in? Yeah, I, I first of all, I loved the fact that the viewers would email me or call me and ask me questions. I loved I loved the fact that I could tell them what was happening. And um, the best part of my job was interacting with viewers, whether it was out in public at the grocery store, you know, which, which hap still happens on an almost daily basis, or whether it was, um, I got a call from a very nice man who uh, didn't have control of, of his finances. And he was really upset. This was in 2008 when everything fell apart financially. And I gave him my cell phone number and I said, you can call me anytime. When you're ready, I'll connect you with somebody that is an independent financial advisor for no fee. I'll ask him to just give you some advice. And I, I love the fact that sometimes I could make a difference, you know, in people's financial lives or connect them with someone who could um, or help them when they were scared, you know, if, a lot of people were hurt financially in the 2008 financial crisis, and some of them have not recovered still. And that if, if I can help in any way, that was one of the things that I, I really loved being able to do on a daily basis. I also love telling stories. So going in and every day was different. I mean, you do get story threads. Mm -hmm. For instance, you know, the pandemic was going to be an everyday event. You yeah. know that that's a given, but there's always a story that you didn't see coming when you walk in the door, um, whether it's unfortunately a shooting or, you know, something along those lines, a crisis in Washington, um, the heat wave in California, whatever it is, there's there's always something new. So it's, it was never boring. I, and I still sometimes really miss that. So, you know, you're talking about finance and that is really something that's, that's one of our focal points for uh, She Rises Studios in terms of, you know, we want to educate women. We want to celebrate them. We want them to understand what does that mean when you say the word finance right. and you were named first lady of Wall Street. Uh -huh. That and actually, <laughs> that that um, moniker actually goes to Muriel Siebert, who has passed on, because she was the first woman on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I interviewed her for my book, and she said, you know, I think we should share this title. And I said, Muriel, no. I mean, she, she said, you know, you're one of the few female journalists, so, you know, we have to have camaraderie. She was an amazing woman. So that's honestly, where that title kind of came from. How did you feel having someone, you know, so incredible want to share that with you? And like you said, you were one of the first women in journalism. I mean, that's an incredible 
um, barrier to even cross, right. you know, on its own. It's- Muriel was uh, an amazing woman who was very dedicated to women in finance. And um, if you ever are down at the New York Stock Exchange, one of the things that you will notice is it's different now, but there still are vastly fewer women on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange than there are men. Um, When Muriel bought a seat, which is what you do when you want to become a member of the New York Stock Exchange, there were no ladies rooms at the NYSE or there was one, I think that was like four floors down. Mm -hmm. It just was, it was a guy's club. And she felt very strongly that she had to empower women. And that's what she did when she founded her company, Seabert and company, which is still in existence. It's, it's kind of morphed into something different now, but, um, that was that was her that was her role and she took it very seriously was incredibly successful and and very generous so when she said that to me i was really humbled um and i asked her advice because i was going to go down to the new york stock exchange every day um now my uh, co-worker at that time, Maria Bartiromo, was the first reporter down on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I was one of the first to anchor a show from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And it was um, it was intimidating, but I just kind of had the attitude that, you know, you have to you have to know what you're doing. You mm-hmm. have to you have to know your stuff. You have to earn the respect of the men that are down there and you you just you can't take any any pushback and uh that sometimes was hard but now i'm very glad i did it it was tough but that's okay now it's not uncommon to see women on the floor of the new york stock exchange and i think that is fantastic Finance is a great career for women. So what would one thing you would say in terms of, you know, when we're talking finance and just the way things are going right now for mm-hmm. women in particular, what would one piece of advice would you give to women who really truly want to understand, you know, what finance is, how can they, Um, successfully be financially independent or what would you suggest their first step be to being able to take care of themselves? I think there are a couple of things that you can do. A dear friend of mine who, who is the personal finance reporter at CNBC, her name is Sharon Epperson. Uh, She is incredibly well-versed. She is a certified financial planner. She's written several books, I would pick up a really simple book. And when you have the time, go through it. I think understanding money is not as, doesn't have to be as intimidating as it is made to be. It's pretty simple. You need to earn enough, obviously, to support yourself. Hopefully that is possible. Unfortunately for some women, that is not. Um, and, and that I think is a whole nother battle that we, we have to talk about, but if you are, if you do have a career, 
if you are able to put some money away for yourself, make sure you do that. If you are working for a company that has a what's called a 401k, a retirement savings plan, make sure you contribute to that if you can. And the company has what's called a matching plan. Put enough money in so that the company then matches your contribution because it's basically free money. It's basically doubling your money. So if you can do that consistently, and this is what I tell my daughters too. You know, I said, you, when you're looking for a job, the, here are some things you want to look for. Benefits, 401k, pensions. Most companies don't do pensions anymore, but those basics will give you a little bit of a financial cushion. But get to know the terms. And, and Sharon's books are excellent for that. Uh, she's really easy to understand. She's very approachable. She writes in that way. So it's an easy read. And just keep that by your bedside, you know. And when you get, when you get a chance, you know, read a chapter. Start, you know, looking at the stock market, you know, if you want to go that route. But many women don't. Many men don't. The market is difficult. So, you know, try and give yourself a little bit of a financial cushion through through knowledge and through savings. Say it. What is something that you mentioned, you know, with with your daughter's going to college? Right. right. A college student <laughs> who just is, you know, they're ready to go to college. They're gung ho and on their mind is all I'm leaving parents. I'm going to conquer the world. And, you know, right. they have no idea <laughs> what they're looking at in terms of right. finance. What is something that you would say to them? Well, I, I'll tell you, um, I'll give you a little background. I have, I have twin girls, uh, Jacqueline and Victoria. We call them Jackie and Vicky. Uh, they are adopted from China. Um, I adopted them after I went to China and did my documentary on China. Um, I felt that that was something that uh, I needed to do as a woman uh, because this is a whole nother podcast, but um, when I would go out into the very hinterlands of China, there were no little girls. And so I was very upset and um, I called my husband from China because we were trying to have children and I had had four miscarriages and I just didn't think children in a, in a biological way were going to be in my future. So I said, what do you think about adopting from China? He, of course, said yes. So we adopted Jackie and Vicky. Then, of course, I got pregnant and uh, we had Daniel. And I was actually pregnant with Daniel when we went to China. So I went from zero to three in three months. Oh, wow. And, oh, chaos. It was so, it was just total chaos. But the happiest chaos I've ever seen in my life um, and experienced in my life. So long story short, now they're getting ready to go to college. Jackie is very uh, organized, very directed. She knows she wants engineering. She's in the right school. Vicky is still trying to figure life out. She's like a flower child from the 60s. She does not know what she wants to do. She'll be fine. She kind of takes classes that she thinks are interesting. She hasn't found her way yet. So I sat them down and I said, okay, 
we have a college fund for you, but you need to have a little skin in the game and understand how college works. Mm -hmm. College is a business. That's why you're getting all these letters mm -hmm. and they're saying, we have financial aid. We will give you X amount of money to come to our school. It's a business. Yes, they like you and they're impressed with your resume and they're impressed with your grades, but it's a business. You have to look at it that way when you are deciding which college you want to go to. And I also said to them, okay, college A is offering you a $15,000 scholarship. College B, which you actually like more, is only offering you 10,000. Mm -hmm. You need to call college B and say, college A is gonna give me 15. Would you be willing to give me 15 if I commit to you right now? And they just kind of stared at me. And I said, no, it's a negotiation. Mm -hmm. You can have your passion and it's, it's wonderful that you have your passion. You should have your passion because college is hard. It can be fun, but it's also hard and you got to get good grades and go through the process and all of that. But keep in mind, these colleges are in business to make money. And you have to look at it through their prism as well. And they did. I think it was hard for them, but I do think it was empowering for them to realize that they were worth something to an institution and that is an important thing, especially for young women, that it is good to go to college. It's wonderful if you can afford it. It's great even if you have to take out student loans to get that education. But keep in mind, it's a business transaction. So I, I tried to kind of let them in on that aspect of it. And it, it's worked pretty well. We also got them savings accounts and checking accounts when they were in high school. And they had to, you know, figure that all out with our help, obviously. When I send them to the grocery store, I give them a list and I give them a budget and they had to figure that out. So I kind of, I did it slowly, mm -hmm. but I started, I started little savings accounts and things like that when they were in grade school. I think it was seventh grade. And then in high school, we went to our community bank and we got them a high school checking account. Um, and now Jackie has her own, you know, credit report and Vicki has her own credit report. Um, they did take out a small student loan, not because they had to, but because I said to them, that is one way for you to build credit. So I said, take out a couple thousand dollars in, in a loan, knowing that I could pay it if they, if they couldn't. But yeah. it's the whole process of having to go through paying the interest, applying, establishing a credit history. So I tried doing things like that, not all at once, but um, that it, it's worked so far. I mean, well, you are one incredible mama. <laughs> I, I uh, you know, I was <laughs> you, you're, I got the, you know, when you're sharing in terms of um, adopting these, these beautiful girls, and then, you know, having, uh, being pregnant at that time. Um, and then now you have them going into college. 
what a what a transit what a journey that like you said that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) what an incredible example of what can be done what the possibilities are and again you staying brave and empowered. I mean, the message is clear to everyone who's listening. You've given away so many different nuggets um, in such a short amount of time. And I wish I had 24 hours to spend with you <laughs> um, because I, I, I'm learning so much from you. And I love doing these podcasts and, and oh, meeting. It's, with it's wonderful. I've been listening to the ones that you've done. They, they're fantastic. Thank you. It's incredible. Um, you know, you're, you are a leader. Um, and so many women look to you for answers, for inspiration, for guidance. And that's a very important role that you have taken on, um, willingly and unwillingly because you became a, a a public person and that is hard. So I want to ask you, as we wind this podcast down, and I really hope that I get to talk to you again. I, oh, I, do. I, I would love to I'm, do it. I'm going to just put that out there in the universe. But what is something that nobody knows about you? Something that you just haven't really, what would that I think, be? I, I think one thing that people assume about me is that um, I never get nervous. I never, uh, I never sweat over a story or um, that I'm completely confident in myself and none of that is true. Um, I am terrified of public speaking. Uh, I, it's difficult for me because think about it. I am in front of a camera in the same space every single day with the same people, wonderful people, every single day. And then you throw me out and, you know, ask me to do a college commencement speech and I'm, I'm terrified. I mean, I will do it and I will do it well, but that is a, a challenge. And it's not just a challenge for me. It's a challenge for a lot of studio-based people who, you know, you don't get out a lot. It's not like you're, you know, mm-hmm. someone who's on the speaking circuit. I am now, but I got to tell you, I go over those speeches like a gazillion times and I'm still nervous when I get up there. And I don't, mm-hmm. I think most people assume that I'm not, but oh yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you so much for for sharing that because we are human, period. And right. we all have fears and you know public speaking is 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 uh it is a different arena than being in front of a camera. You know, you're you're not hiding behind the camera so to speak. There's no filters. Um right. <laughs> you know, it's it's real time and that is just uh I'm I'm so grateful that you shared that because I feel like so many of us who do public speaking or want to be in that arena, we needed to hear that today. So thank you for for sharing that um with me and thank you so much for being on today for taking the time out to to spend with me it's truly an honor to get to know you and i i've learned so much i know our listeners have as well 
and please continue to be that amazing inspiration to us all. Um, you know, we just, we, we need that, especially right now. And, and thank you for joining me, Sue. It's oh. truly an honor. Thank and you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. And I hope we get a chance to talk again soon. Thank you so much. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining another episode of She Rises Studios podcast. Please follow us online at She Rises Studios. You can also visit our website at www.sherisesstudios.com.